Podcast One. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. All right, this one should prove another fascinating conversation. We have Mark Green, a long-time Saatchi and Saatchi advertising guy who co-founded and sold the monkeys to Accenture Interactive and is now the boss of Accenture Interactive in Australia. A bit like both consulting firms, technology companies, holding companies and agencies, media, everything is under all sorts of change. Uh, We saw this week Edmund Tadros at the Australian Financial Review talking about reports and reports that Accenture is set to dramatically slash its local leadership team. Somewhere between 30 and 70 managing directors could be ousted in a, in a structural change, and it's just one part of a, what, what may be a global restructure uh, for Accenture set for February. For context, the size of the business in Australia is quite significant. In 2018, Accenture's income was about $1.9 billion, according to filings with ASIC, uh, up from $1.6 billion in 2017. Now, Mark Green runs a division of that called Accenture Interactive. So welcome, Mark Green. Long setup. We'll have this really interesting conversation around what a creative guy's doing in a technology and consulting firm. But two weeks in, what have you been doing in two weeks, finding your way through a massive uh, organisation, I guess? Yeah, look, I, th- I think the first part of call is to try and find more ways that we can work together within Accenture Interactive. So we've got capabilities in around brand communication, brand visual design, product and service design, content and commerce, data-driven marketing. And often our clients will be using one or two of those services. And I think for the plan is to try and bring those services to our clients more often. You know, where we think we can add value to clients, we'll, we'll bring some of those capabilities to bear. And that's, um, I think that's quite interesting because it kind of transforms, I guess, our offer from brand and advertising to brand that can influence a whole business ecosystem. It'll also mean that we're all learning new things. So wherever you sit within Accenture Interactive, the skills left or right will start to broaden and increase what it is that we can actually do every day for our clients. And um, and that's pretty exciting. I think that's the combination of part creative agency, part tech company, part consulting business. That model will provide real value to yeah, not only our clients, but also to people that kind of just need to learn skills that are current and evolving as the market is. Well, you talk about everyday learning, and you know, there's obviously a statement from Accenture to put you in in the role because obviously we've talked about briefly about your your creative pedigree. Uh, Having a creative guy running a creative agency that's now running Accenture uh, Interactive, there's a really interesting cultural shift and skills and capability shift, not just from yourself, but also what what clearly you're trying to do or what the business is trying to do to itself. Explain through the conversation that went on before they, they put an advertising creative guy in at Accenture. How did that work? I mean, I'd probably consider myself a business person first and foremost. You know, we've, we started the monkeys 13 years ago. Um, we've always uh, looked at entrepreneurial endeavors and running businesses is, is what I've known for now 13 years. And that's um, what we can bring the business that I've been running with Scott and Justin for the last 13 years has really put kind of brand strategy at the heart of everything we did and then use creativity to kind of unleash great 
ideas that connect with customers in interesting ways. And we never wanted to just do that in the area of advertising. Um, we wanted to do it in the area of kind of film and content products and services. And I think with the capabilities we now have, we can influence far more of what a business does and particularly in the, in, in the realm of digital. And I think that means that the things that interest us most around strategy, creativity and influence are actually given the best opportunity to succeed. So in our minds, it's an evolution of where we've always gone and, you know, we've never not taken risks or never not done things that haven't been done before. So I think that's when you know you're kind of um, onto something is when you feel pretty nervous about what you're actually embarking on. And I think there's, uh, if I look at, back on the last 13 years, there were days where you go, you know, we're really onto something. This is, you know, so exciting. We are the business model of the future to other days where you go, I wish this would what just What the hell end. have we done? <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. And, 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 and I think, you know, probably even in the first two weeks of uh, taking on this role, I've thought that. Yeah. And that's when you kind of know you're onto something is where you're kind of as much excited as you are fearful for what's in front of you. That would actually officially make you human then, Mark Green, which I'm quite relieved about them, <laughs> like the rest of us. The creativity, it's, a, it's an interesting one, right, because – you know, you've defined, already defined creativity as not advertising in terms of your pedigree and it's you've done lots of different things at the Monkeys. What does a creative culture look like inside Accenture and what has the cultural clashes been so far? Because they have to be there. They have to be robust conversations because you've got maths men and women and technologists versus the creative side of things. What have been the difficulties? I think there are differences, um evident in all of those things that you've mentioned and even within the monkeys and Maud. Which is the design firm yeah. that you bought before you sold to Accenture. Yeah, right. like a a advertising people um, and designers are also different. Right. You know, there's a um, there tends to be kind of more extrovert characters in advertising, more introvert on the, the design business and that, you, that extends into tech and there is no denying that there are cultural differences found within... Accenture Interactive and within Accenture. But the reality is you put them, you know, those skills to bear on a project and where everybody is bringing together their kind of experience and expertise and suddenly a lot of those things go out the door because you're focused on solving problems or using creativity or actually kind of getting different perspectives which you might not have heard or seen before. And that's actually pretty good. There's still a work. There's still a work to be done, though, on, on the perception of creativity in corporate land. How do you tackle that uh, both internally in your organisation and when you're talking to clients and prospects about needing to build in something beyond just the technology? Yeah, it's interesting. And I'm, I was talking to about this yesterday with someone. And uh, in every revolution, whether it's industrial revolution or the you know the technological revolution we're going through today, you know, creativity can sometimes play second fiddle to the core changes that are going on. But after every sort of revolution, creativity is what actually makes those revolutions go further and connect with customers in new and interesting ways and actually kind of make it all real. Also in major companies around the world, you're seeing the rise of the chief creative officer come into business. And I think that's good for everyone because, you know, creative people tend to be quite intuitive and in, and in sync with culture and, you know, what's required to kind of actually design something that um, moves people. 
So, so the, the interesting thing there, though, Mark, is that Accenture recognises creativity or, or is recognising its future importance. And you're right, it's brought a whole bunch of businesses, including yours and, and Droga 5 and Kamarama in London. It's a whole bunch of creative, uh, different creative businesses. It's a patchwork right now, though, right? It's a bunch of previously independent, smaller micro networks, if, not, if, a, if even single country, if you like. What about bringing that together? So, so the conceptually get it, but in, in, in executing that creative culture across Accenture's business in multiple markets, what happens with Droga 5? What happens with Monkeys? What happens with Kamarama, et cetera, et cetera? Do we see Droga 5 become the global um, creative brand for Accenture or the Monkeys become it? Or does the Monkeys go? What, what happens there in the execution side? I think the same strategy is being followed in each market, which is um, you know, bringing together part consultancy, part tech business. And I think if you look at the capabilities there around brand, brand strategy, brand communication, product and service design, content and commerce and data-driven marketing, take away the, the labels, that's actually the capabilities that we're bringing together. Getting back to it, so I, I hear you on, on, the, on the intent uh, about blending creative and, and consulting and technology, but the question is, can Accenture blend creativity into its consulting and technology culture faster and better than the holding companies can get from their creative and branding culture into technology. And the great example of that, you know, and, and they're open about it, is Publicis acquisition of Sapient. It was a disaster, right? You had back when they bought it in 14, 2014, 15, right? They bought it and then they tried to apply a, a, a communications uh, filter over how they ran that business and it was a technology business and it, it, it bombed. Are you going to find the same challenges in trying to bring um, a creative uh, uh, input into a technology and consulting firm? Why are you going to be different? Why is Accenture going to be different? I think it's, it's already been different for a number of years. They've been getting closer to the customer through technology, content and commerce. They've been, they've, they've, they've been doing that for a, a long time and that is where the market has been shifting towards and they're already playing there. So I think they've, they've probably already dealt with some of the cultural challenges in and around that. Um, so I think they're much further down the path than what everybody gives them credit for. And so uh, give us an example, though, Mark. You know, you talk about um, having to sort of elbow your way through some some territory inside on the creative side uh, of the business. Um, what is the classic pushback that you've you've found internally that, can be moved the argument with good arguments on creativity people go ah get it right so we move on can you give us a scenario of those those sorts of conversations yeah look i I think we've we've, been having those conversations forever um whether it's with clients that um kind of want to make things smaller or uh or or people within our own organization that just want to be doing um something that's fairly traditional i think that's where you know, it's hard work and it's much harder than actually just doing what it is that the client wants you to do, to do the type of work that we want to do, which is, you know, labeled as, you know, the best experiences on the planet. You know, you've got to be really transformative and you've got to kind of open people's eyes to bigger, bigger ideas and bigger goals. You know, I, I hear that. And on the flip side for you as the new boss, Equally, you've got to get your head around a much broader, bigger picture as well of business transformation and remits around technology. You're just not, you just can't be the guy that's arguing for the impact on creativity. You've now got to think yeah. about this. So how, how are you going with, how big is the learning curve for you? As I said earlier, we've been on a learning curve for 13 years. Like I'd never run a business before I started uh, with Scott and Justin. You know, we've gotten pretty good at doing all that stuff. And, 
you know, now it's kind of we're talking about capabilities. We're not talking about um, keeping the lights on. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> this is uh, this is a first world problem in comparison. And I think from where we're coming from, I think the the influence of brand strategy and business strategy on delivering game changing ideas that can transform business is a good place to be. And I think if you look at it like that, then you don't get bogged down in the weeds so much. So your agency, The Monkeys, just uh, landed a big gig of Agency of the Decade uh, last week in Australia. But what is happening there in your view to the opportunities uh, for the indies um, is everything seems to be consolidating despite some dissatisfaction, if you like, for some of the big global networks. We don't see a, a, a big outpouring of innovation and startups um, like we used to in days gone by. What do you think is going on in the in the agency sector and the independents? Hmm. Well, interestingly, the independent agency of the year on Friday night was a business called Apparent. And Apparent is a customer experience business. Right. So, there you go. Right. There you go. So yeah. I think, um, which is, it's a really interesting business. Um, I think they're located in Redfern, which is you know, where the monkeys... Uh, yes, that's right. Your original started. foundings, wasn't it? Yeah, That's right. I think... I think it's wrong to suggest that there aren't good businesses out there that are starting to lead a new independent kind of onslaught. And I think that's always good because the indies always bring a different perspective. You have to, like you have to differentiate to survive. And, you know, when we started, we had BMF, Host, Droga 5, we were all in the market as independents and it was, uh, it made us all better. Having that kind of uh, rivalry in the market was, uh, made us all kind of do more interesting work and, um, you know, hopefully that continues. Before we get into what your thoughts are on the holding companies fighting back in the agencies, we've got a couple of interesting um, initiatives going on there. There was 12 months ago a lot of industry bluster and concern uh, about Accenture's move into programmatic and into media. How has that travelled? Where are you in this, the Australian market? What's happening global and how is that play coming together? Yeah, look, it's 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 happening and it's happening on a global level. Um uh, with global clients, uh, there's progress being made. I think locally we're, we're also in the same position. I think we would see kind of media planning also a company programmatic and that will be an evolution of the business. Um, I'm not making, you know, bold statements. I think there's uh, a long way to go yet, but um, certainly that capability is there. And it's strong and it's global. When you talk about media planning, you, you, do you have media planners or is that an intent? The monkeys have always had sort of media planning um, in-house. And, you know, for, you know, Sophie Price was, I think, our first uh, media planner that we brought into the business. So that's that's just a natural evolution of creating ideas and, you know, where they live and the right places to live for, you know, marketing communication. So couple that with what Accenture can do around programmatic. I think that's, um, they're all kind of capabilities that are coming together. Well, it'll, it'll tick your box on the creative side too, Mark. It was interesting that uh, we had McDonald's and uh, coming out on MI3 a couple of weeks ago talking about how creative was driving 70% of its ROI on in video and in television. And in so much of the conversation we talk about is either technology or it's media channel and what the, you know, which, which media channel is doing better. And, and we're obsessed by, by the media mix 
and lo and behold, some market mix modelling from analytics partners, which is a serious global player. I mean, you guys probably do it yourselves too um, at Accenture. But it's basically saying creativity for big dollars is driving 70% of its return. That's, we're starting, that's an interesting stat, right? Yeah, it is. And it's it's no surprise for somebody like me who has been, you know, pushing the agenda around, um, you know, emotionally driven advertising and marketing works more effectively than, uh, you know, rational, dry kind of marketing and tactical campaigns. So I think the uh, evidence is actually starting to kind of showcase that uh, this art and science combination is what's needed, but you can't, it's not one at the expense of the other. So it's an and, you know, that makes sense, right? Well, it does make sense. It makes, it's common sense, but common sense is not necessarily always applied in markets. And I guess the question is, at what point are we in that understanding that, you know, that's logical to actually do that stuff? I think common sense is prevailing, Paul. <laughs> Great optimist. Yeah, the CMOs we're talking to, like Jeremy Nicholas, Brent Smart. Jeremy Nicholas at Telstra, Brent Smart at IEG. Yeah, Amber Collins at Australia Post. I mean, they, they, they understand this. We're going to wrap up shortly, but before I do, there's a couple of things to cover. One is you have spent some time in holding companies in previous days. What's the biggest lesson or the biggest observation you make about the differences of how an Accenture operates versus a big global holding company with lots of uh, advertising agency and media agency brands. How would you define the difference there that you, from, from, from you, from your perspective? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, th- I think, um, I, I think we can all learn from each other in that respect. And, you know, I think what um, the holding companies and creative agencies do well is brand and creativity and that enduring sort of optimism that that will really change the game. And I think consultancies, what they bring is sort of business rigor and confidence. And I, and I actually think, um, you know, they, they do business with clients, um, you know, to actually drive an outcome for the client, but also for its own business. And I think there's a, they don't compromise as often as what I've seen within the agency world. I think that we're, we're, you know, the agency world's just so happy to be doing the work. Service orientated yeah, as well, right? Yeah, they, they, they sometimes forget about the business. And um, I think the the balance is um, something that uh, is interesting. And I think you kind of, that's where, you know, this whole experience is really intriguing because, you know, we're all learning new things and learning from each other. And that's um, what keeps it interesting. You say that though, because you've, you haven't been short on a few scraps yourself fighting for work in previous days. So you're not, you're not frightened to, you know, push back and say to a client, no, this is what we think is good for your business and, and have a scrap there. That's what a good, a good suit does. And yeah. you're renowned for that. Um, so when you talk about compromising, um, there's slightly more compromise on on the uh, agency or the comm side of the business. What do you mean by that versus um, the Accenture? Yeah, look, I, I'm and I'm not referencing the monkeys in that because you know we've never been able to have the luxury of compromising. Um, we started, we put ten grand in each, and we've built a a business of 150 people plus. And I think to do that, you actually need to be delivering what it is that your client needs, not what they're necessarily asking for. And I think that's where, um, you know, I think the consulting world can get to solutions rather than actually just take the brief at face value. And I see more evidence of that uh, from that side of, um, uh, you know, what we're experiencing now. And I think that's, you know, the the, the good agencies do do that, but, um I think there's been way too many compromises made 
And, you know, I think that's, we're kind of getting a, the best of both worlds in some respect. The final point is around the signs, the early, early signs of potential uh, comeback from, from holding companies and how they're structured, uh, what they do with their multiple agency brands, how they bring all those specialist brands together or how they make them work together. Uh, we've seen um, Henry Tager at Dentsu start talking about this in Australia. We've seen Jens Monsies from WP start to talk about wanting to get into technology and beyond the comm stuff. And we had uh, Mike Ribello from um, Publicis Group talk about the new structure that they're working on, which is essentially relegating their advertising and media brands to second tier, if you like, and making having them work together more collaboratively on the with the with the capabilities they've got. But the lead agency or the lead business in that publicist group is now Publicist Sapient, which is a very similar business to Accenture in many ways. It's business transformation through technology, it's customer experience, all those things that you guys do. So they're talking different language now. So do you see some some of these groups starting to get their head around what's next for them? Yeah, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the market gets closer to where we're heading. Um, but at the same time, I, I, it's not an either or for me. It's, it's, um, it is really taking the best of both worlds and, and putting it to good use for our clients. And I wouldn't subjugate one capability for the other. I think, uh, you know, brand strategy can influence everything. It's the manifestation of a business strategy. And that is something that probably the best agencies, you know, have at their disposal. So I, 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 it's, I don't think you kind of can subjugate that capability for technological capability. It's actually bringing both of those things together. Um, we talk about unifying brand promise and experience to improve and fuel growth. Um, so it is, it's, it's an and, it's not an or. Good answer, boss. Quick fire questions. Does the monkey's brand stay in this market? Yes, for, look, for as long as we can see, it's, uh, it's there. You're coming to the earn out, the final phase of your earn out, aren't you? It was three years ago, well, two years ago you bought, so you must be in your third year. Um, so post that, monkey stays. Yeah, look, it's. I mean, the plan is right now. You know, we've just started in the. I've just started in the job, and you know, there's. I'm not making any changes in that respect. Um, yeah, we we continue. Does Droga Five become a potentially global brand for Accenture? You would have to ask Dave Droga that, and you know, the North American team. Nice. Okay, I won't. Ask, <laughs> I won't ask any more. Hey, Mark Green, that's been a really interesting conversation, and look forward to both in your role at the Comms Council and uh, in your new role at uh, Accenture Interactive, engaging in, in, in the broader industry discussion because it's needed, right? Yeah, absolutely. Good luck. We'll talk. Thank you. MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's moi in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Nick Slater, music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search MI3 Audio Edition on Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button.